Rolling. Renegades. Andre and I had this big idea. Nurses know how to solve shit. Renegades. Welcome to the Renegade podcast, a revolutionary approach to continuing education for nurses by nurses who are shining a light on the innovators, the creatives, the renegades who are blowing up the boxes that the rest of the world is still trying to think outside of. Your hosts, Andre Boyd and Karen DeMarco, should find the record button any moment now. Oh, wait, <laughs> we already did. Yay, us. Uh, if you're a nurse, you can actually get a CE credit for listening to this podcast. Just head over to rnegade.pro. That's R-N-E-G-A-D-E.pro. Follow the prompts. They're pretty easy. And if you need any help, there's a chat box. On today's podcast, we have Brianna Riley and Antra. Give us the skinny on Brianna Riley. Brianna, it looks like maybe you go by Bri. Is that true? That's true. <laughs> it's Brianna. Ooh, that's fancy. Brianna. Brianna. It's a pretty name. Thank you. So Bri is a board certified nurse coach and she does coaching for nurses one-to-one or she does them in group setting. Um, and those coaching sessions are centered around mindfulness and strategies to unlearn things like self-sacrifice and probably burnout and all those things that us nurses are and have been going through for a long time. She creates self um, creates realistic self-care and uh, build relationships that give back to her clients. She's been a registered nurse for six years and did a lot of work in psychiatric critical care and medical surgical specialties. She is very holistic health-minded and uh, likes to uh, bring that to her coaching clients so that self and professional, personal and professional come into alignment. And on today's podcast, we're going to get to the nitty gritty of why does she do that? So I became a nurse 2015 and why I became a nurse. Um, everybody in my family, I grew up around nurses. It was like the thing to do. You would always have a job and you can help people and you can make an impact. And that was just, that was the nudge I heard growing up. So that's the path I went. And Within six months of my first nursing job um, in patient psych, granted the, the setting and the facility was very unsafe, but I hit burnout within those six months. Um, and it was a clear disconnect from what they tell you in nursing school to what you're doing on the floor, even from like what you see in clinical to what you're actually doing when you're, you're the real live nurse. And there was just this disconnect of, I felt like I was just feeding people through the system, treating the symptoms um, and getting them through until the next admission. So then I went into the med surge and the acute care and the rehab setting. And that was phenomenal from the place of, I learned so much, right? There's such a vast um, amount of things that you see in the med surge setting and, and skills and experience and really building my confidence. But again, I'm bumping up against this, like, we're just kind of feeding them through the system. What's the, what's the long-term impact? How am I really helping these people? And I stayed in that setting for a while, uh, but then I shifted to 
like Baylor night shift, which I don't even know if they do anymore. Um, but it was 7P to 7A on the weekends. I was 24 years old. I had no social life. Like that was, <laughs> that was not a good time. My whole life was just around like working on the weekends and I couldn't hang out with my friends. And that was when I really was hitting the wall of like, maybe this nursing thing just isn't for me because I thought if I got into night shift, I'd avoid the daytime politics and, and all that fun stuff. But then I just found myself doing a lot of paperwork on night shift. And then the rest of my life was suffering. So that, that time frame, I just remember a lot of driving home, crying, calling my mom, ready to quit. And I'm sure we've all made the phone calls in nursing school of like, am I going to make it out alive? Crying and, and blubbering. But these were like a little different because, you know, you just worked your butt off to get your nursing career and your nursing degree going. And then you're like, do I just burn it all down? Because this is nothing that I thought it would be. So then I thought, let me try a new specialty. <laughs> so then I went ICU and I was like, maybe if I get my patients really in a critical state and I can, you know, impact them in that way and see that quick turnaround, maybe my fulfillment will come back. And at that same time, I began hearing and learning about this nurse coaching role and thinking, wow, this is a really beautiful path to practice in a holistic way. You combine these aspects of coaching and wellness and support with everything you know as a nurse, which like, I, I may be a little biased, but I think we're the most equipped to be supporting people and coaching people through wellness and through lifestyle habits. So I began exploring this and a lot of, a lot of the work in this field is like, requires you to do your own work, right? You can only take your, your patients, your clients as deep as you go yourself. So one night shift, uh, in, in between night shifts, folding laundry. And I just have this subtle realization that like I created my entire life through the nursing role, through the caregiving lens. And I was showing up, taking care of family and being that friend that is always the one that they go to for advice. And I mean, romantic partnerships weren't even on the radar. And it was all these ways I was showing up for other people to avoid showing up for myself. So that was a big, but like subtle realization that kind of catapulted a lot. <laughs> so maybe I'll just pause there. <laughs> yeah. Will you just say that again, please? For the folks at home, please just say that again. <laughs> so I had taken my nursing role and I had shown up in the nursing and the caregiving state in every relationship in every area of my life to avoid showing up for myself. Ding. <laughs> it seems to be a theme. I don't know what's going on here, but the universe has a wacky way of putting us all together in the same room. I mean, it's so fascinating and so cool that you are as young as you are and, and saw that so early because I just think, you know, I was telling you, uh, we were on this, this world health forum this morning about, you know, who cares for nurses. And that theme came up a lot around loving yourself, around showing up for yourself. So, um, I just, I kudos to you. I mean, I just like love so much that you're, you know, you saw that so early because I do think that is the future of nursing. Like that, that is where nurses need to go. Mm. So, so tell us, tell me more about what that looked like then when you had that realization. 
Yeah. So at that time I was still, I was still in the ICU. I was still working night shift and I, I spent a lot of time to be like completely transparent, blaming the system, right? Like bouncing around these specialties saying I'm unfulfilled, I'm burnt out. Uh, this isn't what I thought it was. And it took me taking some serious like personal responsibility in that if I'm going to, I don't know where I'm going to go next, but right now I'm in critical care. I'm working night shift. How can I take care of myself in this system right now? And it was really nothing that we don't know, you know, (laughs) really slowing down, creating some time and space to say, all right, we're going to balance out how much I'm giving to others and how much I'm giving to myself. So if I'm working three 12 hour shifts, I'm not showing up for anybody else after that. I'm slowing down. I'm being with myself, whether that's nourishing myself with food, whether that's sitting down and being mindful and quiet and still, whether that's sleeping a lot, whether that's just getting out, having some fresh air and, and connecting with, with friends that actually lift me up, um, that feel that give and take. Um, nothing, again, nothing like super secret, flashy self-care stuff, but really just this practice of being intentional with like, I'm not going to give in every area of my life and I'm going to give back to myself and doing that in small doses um, every day. What did it look like after the little bits? What did it, what started to change for you? How did your life start looking different? Yeah, great question. And I love, I love your statement of like, if I can't do it for the rest of my life, why do it for one more day? And that was, that was the question, that question of, or that knowing of, I couldn't do this the rest of my life started this whole path for me because I knew I couldn't be in the system in bedside, just surviving. And that's what really caused me to get curious after having that realization of, I created my whole life around others. And I think the, the real foundational piece for me is understanding what was driving my behaviors and like what those beliefs were underneath that understanding that they were all, it was all something I learned and that I have the ability to rewrite it. So where did I learn to take care of myself? Where did I learn to prioritize everybody before myself? Where did I learn that I can't feel my emotions and be with myself? Ooh, this is going to be good. You know, I love that so much because I I was thinking about, I've been thinking about this, you know, what, what are those beliefs, those underlying assumptions we have about ourselves, um, the labels we create, right. About, I don't matter. I'm not good enough or whatever it is like, you know, we all have our own flavor, but, um, but I was so like in that questioning and, and in getting curious, which I think is key, I also saw like, wow, it's to your point, it's such a misunderstanding because it's just not true. We learned it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, so tell us more about that. Like, how did you, how did you even come to realize that that was what was happening, that you learned that stuff? And then what were the answers to those questions? Yeah. So it was a lot of connecting the dots and I was actually listening to podcasts in this, in this subtle realization um, of just like where, where we learn these beliefs. And there's this moment of like, okay, I learned it. And then this moment of kind of, oh shit, it, it, I chose this. I hope, can I swear on here? Of course. <laughs> oh, <okay>. yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, of, of I created this. And while that's empowering, because now like, oh, okay, if I created this, I can create something else. But also just this like, oh shit, I, I set myself up for this. Um, so a lot of that was some reparenting to be honest, um, understanding what I learned from mom about taking care of myself, what I learned from dad about taking care of others and trusting others and understanding those beliefs drove my behaviors and those created every relationship going forward, including the relationship with myself. Did that answer the question? I kind of went off there. <laughs> well, yeah. Well then what did you do? So once you, you, you got curious, as Antra said, you started asking yourself questions. Where did I learn learn the way to be? Where did I learn? And I'm paraphrasing what you said. Actually, I'm probably just telling you what I heard for myself. Um, <laughs> where, where did I learn to take care of others first instead of myself? You know, where did I learn to be like this? That obviously isn't serving me anymore. And then, okay, now what do I do about it? Okay. You have to reparent yourself. Well, how do you do that? Because it's embedded. It's like hardwired into your subconscious, right? Mm. And it's, what did you do next to kind of start to unwind those things? Yeah. And then what? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of layers, um, but I got myself some support. I got in my own coaching program. I got my own mentor um, to really hold my hand through this process of going through and untangling those beliefs, healing that inner child, becoming really connected to my emotional world. And then as maybe overheard and, and cheesy as it is, but to rewrite these beliefs, you have to be really intentional about it. You have to be affirming and telling yourself and showing up in that way. Um, so if I, if I'm rewriting the belief of, I, I don't have time for myself or I prioritize others before myself, what am I rewriting that to? There's always enough time for me. I can't take care of others unless I take care of myself or rather removing that negative. So taking care of others is taking care of myself. Mm -mm. So if that's what I believe now, how am I showing up? Oh my gosh, right. It was so hard for me to rewrite in the positive when I first started <laughs> this, which was not that long ago and I'm 52. So there you have it. But anyhow, <laughs> better late than never. <laughs> I wouldn't have guessed you're 52. I know, so right? There you go. Late bloomer here, but anyhow, it, and I would and I would journal about it to your point of being intentional, and it would and, and the focus would be on what I wanted instead of what I didn't want, which was you know those old behaviors, and all like I, I would scratch words out because it would be framed in the negative. So I just think that's so fascinating how like yeah, it it's it's a such a shift because we are so embedded in, in those beliefs we have about ourselves, like even the language. Right. Mm. So that was a really good example, I think, because I, I found that to be totally true. Mm -hmm. And even when I was just saying it, I was like, Oh shoot, no, can't. And I, right. and I've been doing this work for a bit. Right. It's just this constant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then having somebody you can call and report it to, to kind of ground it. Like I love how Andra calls me and I call her, but I can remember some recently where she'll call me and say, I'm making, you know, I'm, I'm combining some, but it'll be something like my kid came to something with me. I was really irritated. And then I was, but it's like, she's now watching herself. And I think that's the most important thing because when you say with intention, you might be doing the same behaviors and having the same 
thoughts or whatever. But the difference is, and what loosens the whole thing and makes it fertile for change is now you're watching yourself. You're, you may even be seeing yourself behave in the same way. Like I snap back at him. Why did I snap back at him? Where before you would have just not step, snap back at him and moved on. But, you know, when you can call a friend and say, and then kind of verbalize it and work it out, it's no longer a pattern. It's a disrupted mm. pattern. And it's a pattern that can be rewritten. Mm. So speak more about those things that you saw for yourself. And did you see change then happen dramatically for yourself and in your life? Or was it gradual, like a noticing like, huh, I guess I don't do that anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? I love that you brought up the the observing piece because that's, yeah, that's such a huge piece that I we didn't even really get into yet. Um, not being so attached to these beliefs and these behaviors, just being the person watching you thinking the things and doing the things and, and noticing, which is so much of like what they say the practice of, of mindfulness and stillness is. Um, but how are you doing that in, in the tense moments with your kids or in your relationships or at the bedside with your patients? How are you observing yourself in that and use yourself as an example, like, what did you, so, so people who are listening to this, who are wanting what you've got, you know, or, or seeing the same thing for themselves. It's, I think it's so helpful to have an example of, you know, how things changed and, and what that looked like. So it's not so daunting maybe, or impossible. Mm. Tell us about you. <laughs> so I'd say at first the changes were were kind of subtle. I was going through this program and really rewriting and, and getting that coaching support, but at the same time, taking action week to week. So what did it look like taking action? As I said, a lot of my life was surrounded around showing up for everybody else. Um, so I really threw up some boundaries and went from, you know, seeing, seeing my family every single day to maybe once a week. I went from working 12 hour shifts and, and being the social butterfly after that to saying, I'm not doing anything else. When I work a 12 hour shift, that's my 12 hour shift. And that's, that's my time to take care of my patients. And then I take care of me. And was that hard? Oh yeah. Like how was that received? Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think we make up these stories in our head that people expect so much more from us and we have to show up in all these ways that we think if we put up the boundaries that people will really resist in yes, maybe there's some resistance, but I got a lot of Bri, we don't expect you to be here every day. Right. Yeah, that's fine. Like if this is for you, this is, this is going to make you feel better and take care of you. That's fine. And I think that just fed into a lot of the me avoiding myself, right. Me avoiding being with myself and being with my emotions. It was like, everybody else needs me. And the reality is everyone was like, we're good, Bri, like do your thing, <laughs> you know? Um, so I guess that just speaks to how much we can believe the, the stories we tell ourselves. And until we have those moments of awareness, do we, and we speak it out, just like you said, like Antra speaking to you of like, oh, I really snapped until we speak it out of like, hey, I need this thing and I need this space. Does it feel less of like this big story or this heavy weight that we're carrying? And plus, I also think it's all of those experiences, you know, whether you get resistance or you find yourself snapping at your kid or whatever those are as the watcher, as the observer, what good fodder to 
unlearn those patterns, right? Because you're seeing it. So it's like, oh, I noticed that. Like I noticed I did that. And then, you know, being able to, like you said, talk about it, get it out. Like I do with Karen, totally like the grip of it kind of just lose, you know, it's not so strong. Mm. So I, I think there's, yeah. uh, that is for me has been part of the unlearning is seeing myself go back into those patterns and being like, huh, curious, being curious, like you said. Yeah. So, um, so, oh my gosh, this is such a good conversation because I think this is where, I think this is why nursing is so effed up. Like, can you imagine in curriculums in school for nursing students, if this was foundation 101, what would that look like? Right. I know. I know. And I, I actually spoke to um, some nursing students this week um, in, in the bigger vision of trying to get this as like common knowledge before these new grads get into the field. And a lot of what I spoke on is like how much we were naturally in the nursing role before we knew it, right? Like how much we were naturally giving for others and caring for others. Um, As I shared, like just personally, like being the oldest sibling, being the daughter of a single mom, um, being that friend that everybody goes to for advice. If only the job, you know, the job requirement was honest, like three years experience in a related field, bachelor of science or two-year diploma required, must be codependent. I can get paid for doing this. Must be codependent and or martyr. Must self-sacrifice. Yes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. But so much of that, like, again, just that awareness of like, that is, that is what I'm naturally inclined to do. That's how I naturally show up. So now if I'm going to be working 36 hours a week in this role, I can't have every piece of my life be giving to others. And I think that's, or I rather know, like, that's a huge piece of the burnout. Huge. Probably the piece in my mind, you know, and the idea too of like, well, if I call in sick because I'm actually have the 24 hour flu, they're going to fall apart without me. Like (laughs) they're not going to be able to function without me. Like that is such a dysfunctional, you know, and it's innocent, right? Like it's not, you know, we don't have to beat ourselves up for it, but it's learned it's conditioned. And it's that, you know, a savior role. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to tough it out. I'm going to go because they can't do it without me. I mean, it's innocently arrogant. Yeah. And nobody wants me there if I'm throwing up in the toilet every 10 minutes. I mean, come on, that's just common sense. (laughs) Right. Right. But we make up the, like, they can't do it without me. They need me. Um, And again, like how much of that personally are those same beliefs fed into the system? So, so bra, you got to test this out as you were going through the coaching program, you're still working in the ICU, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. So could you have stayed in the ICU without burnout? I'm just curious what made you oh, I can do this now. Like I've got the tools. They're getting better. I'm not perfect yet, but I've got the tools to stay. But you didn't. You decided to give it to others what you learned. What was, tell me about that decision, you know, staying as a nurse role, Mm. not staying as a nurse role, and then going to spread this and give this gift that you've received to others. Yeah, great question. To be completely transparent, Um, my ICU closed 
in the midst of, of all of this. And I did have lucky, (laughs) I did have the option to go, um, full-time at like a sister hospital. They would have like just transitioned me right in. Um, but I took that as a nudge from the universe to explore something else. Um, I knew I was in the midst of I completed my, like my personal coaching and then I had discovered nurse coaching. So I was in this transition state. I had a feeling I wasn't going to stay bedside. I see you shut down. And again, I took that as a nudge and I didn't really know where my next paycheck was going to come from. <laughs> um, but, you know, as I said in the beginning, well, there's always a job in nursing and that's the great thing. There's so many paths. So I did some random like per diem gigs and stuff, but I was even with these tools, I was pissed at the system. I was frustrated. I felt like I figured it out. And I, I, who am I at this point in my, in my belief system, who am I to start taking over and making changes and leading the shift in healthcare? I didn't, I didn't feel like I was in that place at that time. So my approach was I'm going to finish my nurse coaching program. And then I'm going to connect with anybody who wants to heal in a deeper way. So at that point, I hadn't, I wasn't on the path to working with nurses or shifting healthcare in 2019. Um, That wasn't really on my radar. It felt too big for me. The fact of even starting my own private practice coaching business felt big, never mind trying to make shifts in the healthcare system. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, because how old were you when you went through your coaching program? Can I ask? I mean, I already did. <laughs> um, I'm 20. Yeah, I know. Um, what year are we in? 2022. So I was 26. Okay. So here you are, 26, not that long out of nursing school. Right. And of course you're thinking to yourself, I'm only 26. Surely the old battle axe is in charge of this. Would have seen this, you know? So it's like, surely they were had more wisdom than I did. Surely. I must have missed something, but I don't know if it's because the pressure of the system on nurses has gotten such that people are realizing it now. It just wasn't bad enough before, but it's just astounds me that this isn't part of the curriculum. When you know that fundamentally codependence gravitate toward the nursing profession, I mean, it's kind of like, you know that, right? Why wouldn't that be part of the curriculum? Now, now kids, we love to have you here. And we know this is your soul's calling because you've been doing it your whole life. But we're going to help you so you don't flatten yourself when you get into nursing. I mean, why isn't that an essential part, you know, before biochemistry and pharmacology? That should be whatever you're teaching. You know, I'll have what you're having. You know, I'm kind of curious, Bride, to Karen's point, like you mentioned early on in this podcast that you you didn't feel prepared as a nurse going in, you know, caring for patients bedside. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think it's really, um, you know, Karen and I have a lot of conversations about, you know, maybe where we start is with nursing students, right? Because they are the future of healthcare. Mm. And to your, to what your, your story and what you're saying to me is also the foundation of where nursing schools should start. Like, period. So, uh, you know, just what, from your vantage point, because I graduated in like eons ago, tell us what, what that looked like to you and why you felt so unprepared. Um, why I felt so unprepared. 
gosh, I feel like, I mean, beside the fact you weren't, yeah, I know. <laughs> I feel like there's so much. I almost don't know where to start. No. Well, I mean, yeah, but I'm really curious because a lot's changed in the 25 years that I've been doing, you know, I've been a nurse. I'm really curious to see, like, I, I kind of want to compare notes, <laughs> you know, what was it back in ancient history and what is it like now? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of just like the, the contrast of like what we experienced in clinical and then what it was like when you, you were on your own and in clinical, I just remember like first the nurses being so excited to have a student and have an extra hand um, because they were already at the point of overwhelm and probably burnout, but we were doing like CNA stuff, which is, I mean, I love my CNAs. I'd be lost without my CNAs. But it wasn't the reality of like what it's going to look like when you have your own patient assignment and you're trying to juggle all the things and administration's coming at you and telling you that you need to do more and that you need to go into team meeting while you have a patient up in a Hoyer and you're just hoping he doesn't fall and all the things. So the expectation and reality were not, they didn't match. They, they didn't match. They didn't match at all. And I mean, my new grad program was, it was great. It, it supported me while it did. And I, I learned the skills, but a lot of it, like you just, a lot of it is really like prioritizing and time management and being in a patient's room and being with that patient and not going through the list of all the other tasks you have to do. And there's just so much that's expected of you. And you are just completely worn out for 12 hours or eight hours, whatever your shift is going, going. And then you get to report and you get this backlash sometimes of like, why wasn't this done? Oh boy. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I'm just doing the best I can. Like it's a, it's a 24 hour job. Like you don't even know what this shift looked like. I'm just, I'm just trying to survive. So then that just kind of, that dimmed my confidence a lot. Like it always felt like I'm, I'm swept blood and tears during my shift and then it's still not enough for the oncoming nurse, or it's still not enough for the DON, or it's still not enough for the, the doctor and the case manager that me, need me to go sit in, in a meeting when I got so much crap I need to do. Yeah. And if I don't do the crap, I'm going to be in trouble. But if I don't show up in the meeting, I'm going to be in trouble. We just did a podcast with this uh, Luke Mathers who wrote a book called Stress Teflon. And he was talking about leaders who are baboons versus leaders who are, who lead like a baboon or lead like an elephant and the elephants, the matriarch, they look after the whole herd, the baboons, the alpha, he only looks after the baboon. And when you're in an environment with a baboon leader, the shit trickles down. Like, Mm. you know, I'm looking out for me, I'm stressed. So I'm going to yell at my subordinate or my nurses. You either get to that team meeting and then you got the lateral workplace violence, you know, and then they're yelling, but that's baboon leadership where an elephant leader would be like, okay, how can I make sure Bry and the rest of my team feel safe, get rest, are at a good pace, and, and then fight for that because they're also looking out for the patients. That's part of the herd. So, so much of our system is baboon leadership right now because I would work 7 p.m. to 11 a.m. shifts six, I would work 16 hour shifts in an ICU. And because oh. that's just the way it worked out for my family and whatever, like I do one twelve and one sixteen, you know, sometimes. And 
I would be privy to the conversations of the day shift nurses who came on at 7 a.m. So from that 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. And the complaints about the night shift nurses who didn't do their baths or didn't chart this or didn't do their I's and O's and whatever. I was on that night shift. Yeah. We didn't have a pharmacy. We didn't have any auxiliary staff. We didn't have anything. They had more on day shift because the doctors were around. Things needed to get done. We had nothing. Mm -hmm. And we were so strapped and like raisins sucked dry of every ounce of emotion and spirit and energy we had by the time we left. And then to hear, and it's not their fault because they maybe didn't know, but it was a product of the baboon environment where there wasn't enough, you know, because they would have said, okay, what's the reason this patient wasn't bathed? Instead of the night shift nurse having to apologize and because I, I didn't have time, why didn't you have time? Let's, let's figure this out. Mm. Um, so, so yes, making people stress Teflon, like, like you are and doing that inner work, um, is really important, but I think that also makes people more heard, you know, leaders and more elephant kind of leaders because you have something to give, Mm. you know what I mean? You can't give what you don't have. We were just talking about this on the, on the, the world summit thing we were on before, you know, there's so much of that. Can you, can you speak to that? Like, I mean, I just said a bunch of words. You say something. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody else say something. Comment on my comments, please. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. What I'm hearing is just the, the, the cliche of like pouring from an empty cup, right? This giving to everybody and having nothing left to give to ourselves. So when we have the days off or the space to give to ourselves, we probably don't have any energy for it. And you, I mean, for myself, it looked like laying on the couch and a bottle of wine and the spoon in the peanut butter jar. And like, that was it because I had nothing left. Um, How do you pair wine and peanut butter? Um, Cabernet. It's called burnout and I don't give a shit. Yeah. It's, I don't <laughs> That's know. what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that clarification. I was like, I don't have an answer. (laughs) I don't give a shit. Leave me alone. Correct answer. Uh, But the, when you, I like that baboon and elephant because I've, it had me thinking like the different leaders that I've experienced and some being of that baboon and some being of that, like truly caring, let me help you matriarch versus like, I'm in my administration clothes and I'm going to tell you to go do all the the patient care. And I'm going to stand outside the room until you do it versus like put on a pair of gloves and help you roll the patient. Right. Which they're few and far between, at least they were in my career. They were, yeah. they were there, but what do you think? What do you think nursing students, knowing what you know and the things that you've learned, what do you think? How do you think it would look for someone who came out of nursing school, brand new, never been bedside, but who had done some of this work. What do you think that would look like for a new nurse on the floor? Good question. Oh, really imagine. good question. <laughs> yeah. Imagine what that would look like. Well, if they've done some of this work, they have the awareness, right. Of how they're naturally inclined to care for others before themselves. So from that awareness, they can really build this balance of work and life. 
So a lot of what I spoke to earlier this week is what do your days look like when you're working and what are the bare minimums? Like those are the days that you are only caring for yourself, your patients, and like people in your, your direct household. So not the days to like overcommit to anything else. And then like moment to moment during your shift, how are you dropping in to your nervous system? Like so much of our job is we're feeding off of not only like our, our adrenaline and our nerves, like keeping us going, but the energy and the emotions of our patients, the family, the dynamics of the people we're working next to, um, as simple as it is, like, how are you dropping into your breath? How are you dropping into your body? How are you being fully present with the patient or the task in front of you versus like having that, that ongoing task list or that worry or that fear running in your mind. So like, are you stopping and are you like taking deep breaths and being where your feet are? Have you gone to the bathroom? Have you drank in any water? Have you eaten like really simple things? But I mean, how easy is it to go our whole shift with, with not going pee without having a sip of water? I mean, our time is like so few and far between during our shift. So like making those things really accessible, easy, grab and go um, from the standpoint of just like fueling yourself. And then this confidence piece and speaking to the nurses working next to you or the administration and the staff, and especially as a new grad, like you don't have your confidence yet. Like you, you haven't built it yet. So if you're hitting that resistance with people coming on shift and wondering why you're not doing the things, how can you really hold your, your confidence and your knowing that like, I did the best I could, what I had this shift, it didn't get done. It's a 24 hour job. I don't really need your sh- you throwing your your shit at me because most of the time that they're they're giving that to you, it's more about them than you, right? So, ooh, that's yeah. a good one though. It's more about them than you. Like that in in nursing, in my experience, any kind of criticism or bad behavior, or I took it personally. Like, mm. oh, it says something about me, right? And it fed into those beliefs I had about myself. I'm not good enough. I don't, I'm not smart, whatever that was, right? But what you're saying is, yeah, I did the best I could. And, you know, this is on, you know, your reaction, your whatever, that's not, it's not my problem. Like mm-hmm. that's Teflon. Like that's stress Teflon to me that you can walk out of the building after your shift and not, take that on. Mm. Right. That's what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And, and what, what people like you, Briar are are doing is it's not just a mantra, right? It's not just a, a something you say that sounds really tough. Like that's on them, not me. That's on, you know, it's that comes from a place of knowing that's true. Right. Okay. So that is the thing that I think is really important here. And maybe Brian, you can help me. It's so nuanced. I spent my whole life kind of laughing at, oh yeah, breathe. Sure. Okay. Love yourself. Okay. That's lame. Um, you know, (laughs) take a pee break. I don't have time. Like all of that stuff was so just like, oh yeah, stress. That's not really a thing. Like literally, you know, this whole idea. And then you go into complete nervous system dysregulation. I did for years and years and years. I still struggle with it sometimes. So I think it's super nuanced because I bet there's a lot of people like me, right? We see these Mm. things on Instagram. We see them in social media. They're just, you know, they're so cliche, love yourself. Okay. Right. So what, 
what is that? How do we get that? Because I didn't realize how true it was. And I'll tell you what, just in the last six weeks, I've started breathing. Like it took me 52 years. And it's so crazy, the energy that is in my body and how that breath really does do something. But I wonder if a lot of people are like me. Like, yeah, whatever. That's oh, most, I would say. So how do we how do we cross that bridge or how do we bridge that gap? It feels like such a gap to me. I mean, yeah. I had to get cancer to figure all this shit out. So, you know, let's let's help people before that point. Yeah. And it it takes that that moment for some people, right? Like whether it's just like a subtle realization or whether it's a very real diagnosis that is like shit, I got to do something different. And this, this like loving yourself. Yes, of course. That's the root out of a lot of like, how are you loving yourself and your behaviors and your thoughts and your actions and, and all that. But that doesn't mean it's all like rainbows and butterflies. And like, it's a great time. Like <laughs> no. loving yourself means having some really hard conversations sometimes and making some really big shifts and saying yes and no to things that you used to go right along with. That's a good point for sure. Yeah. Isn't loving yourself is really accepting yourself no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's not just like you just said, the rainbows and unicorn, you know, the unicorn chart and rainbows and whatever. Oh, I love myself. I'm going to breathe and meditate. I'm going to shift. No, it's like, I'm fucking tired and I can't do it right now. And suck it. (laughs) I mean, that's also what it looks like. It's like, if, you know, God, she, spirit, universe, the energy that's looking out of my eyes at you and out of your eyes at me, whatever you want to call it. If we are created in its image uh, and nature is part of that too. Well, nature is mountains and suns. <laughs> I just heard me say this. Nature is mountains and rainbows and sunsets and good. And nature's a lion tearing the throat out of a zebra too. I mean, you know. Ooh, be, be fierce. <laughs> You got to accept, but it's all of it. And it's, I, so I think Andre, you just made me see that it's that's love yourself as a misnomer. It's really maybe accept yourself, love yourself enough to accept everything about yourself. And how do you do that without knowing yourself, without being with yourself? I don't know, Bri, how do you do it? <laughs> you tell what's your secret <laughs> Both of you got real close to the camera there. <laughs> well, that was, that was my my roadblock there because I wouldn't be with myself. I would, you know, dealing with, to speak to the energies and the emotions and all the dynamics that go on during the shift. I didn't deal with it. I didn't sit with myself and process that and, and really be like, is this a me thing? Is this all the, the shit that happened during my shift that I'm just carrying? Um, what's really going on here? And again, yes, it, it's the, maybe it's sitting cross-legged on the floor and, and, and being all Zen, but it's really like, what's going on in my mind here? What are these emotions in my body? Cause that's what they really, it's, it's really energy in the body. And to speak to the point of breath, like that's, that's our quickest gateway to like changing our state, dropping in and doing some intentional breath work, whatever that looks like for you. I mean, there's so many resources in the world nowadays, but that is the action of moving that energy through your body. I love this changing your state that quick. I mean, and that's so practical too, right? I mean, anybody can do that in the middle of a shift. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, it's so easy. 
Yeah. I love that. And I think, okay. Oh, so let, no, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, cause as I think as humans, we like to make things really complicated. <laughs> that was my problem right there. You nailed it. <laughs> right. Like all this, like, woo, breathe, love myself. Like it can't be that simple. There's gotta be more. Oh. And what's that about? Why do we have to make it so much harder for ourselves? Yes. What a like amazing message for nurses in general, but can you just like, I'm just envisioning curriculum at the nursing school level that just could be so amazing. We don't touch on any of this. Well, we're going to, we're going to kidnap pride duct tape. I know. Make her <laughs> give, some curriculum to give to people. But before that happens, what would you say if uh, any nurse listening to this is like, yes, yes, that's me. Okay. What do I do? Like, how do I start? Beside reaching out to you, which we'll tell them how mm-hmm. to do at the end of this. But what are like three, two or three things they can just start with? Things that you've found create a huge shift and they're so and make it simple. Mm. Well, to go back or whatever to- you want to say. Like <laughs> um, no, this is good because I I hope to always just give some people something that they can walk away with. In the first piece is I, the question I would, I started asking myself a lot is what is the ratio of me giving to receiving every day? How much am I giving to others and how much am I receiving? And at the beginning, that was really, as I shared, that it was really out of whack, right? That was completely overgiving and, and not receiving. So really just starting like a tally or just a, yeah, just like a mental, assessment, you know, we assess our patients all the time, taking that assessment every day. How much am I giving to receiving? And even if you change nothing, if if you don't do anything else, just start to be aware of like, holy shit, my whole day I gave to everybody else. I, I, I was never on the receiving end. And I don't mean, I mean, sure. We can do the pedicures and go get our hair done and all that stuff. That's great. Um, but like deep, deeper, deeper ways than that. Right. But what's the intention behind the pedicure? Are you doing it for you? Or are you doing it for somebody else? Mm-hmm. I mean, but that that's a great first step, not only to build awareness, but also intention. And just, you got to see the problem before you can do anything about it. You got to right. know it exists. So just that is what develops the witness and the watcher of yourself, right? Do, yes. do everything you've been doing. Just watch it and write it down. I love the tally. Yeah. I'm write that down. The tally. <laughs> the tally. Number one. Tally. <laughs> <laughs> so just to like timeline it a little bit, um, I opened my business in June 2020. And as I said, I was I was just done. I was done with healthcare. And I said, I'm gonna help anybody who actually wants help and to th- this deeper impact, this deeper healing. And then in the midst of that, I was still doing some per diem um, home care work. And then mandates came into place this past fall. So that safety net was removed for me. And again, I began asking myself some bigger questions and having that space and that stillness um, to say, how do I want my business to look and how, what, what can be created here? And I came to the truth that it's not the nurse's fault that the system is the way it is. and. Before 2020, the nurses have been holding up the system, right? We know that 2020 just highlighted a lot of the the shit that was already going on. So I began 
exploring how can I support nurses in a way that they don't need to learn more, they don't need modules, they just need a space that they can show up and receive. And what I really love to do is create guided meditations and breathwork practices. So I just started a community. I said, if anybody wants to come check this out, this is a space for nurses to just show up. You don't have to prepare. You don't need any experience. I'll guide you through the whole thing and you'll be in a community of like-minded nurses. And that's what I started growing this fall. And that's that's been my, my shift in my coaching business and a blend of that in the group space, a blend of one-on-one, and then a, a blend of just having fun conversations like this. And like I said, speaking events to the future nurses of the world and partnering with some really cool nurse coaches doing bigger things in the world and the organization sense. But what is really at the heart and what really lights me up is taking the nurses that are in the field that are doing it and saying, if you do nothing else for yourself this week, show up for one hour and just receive. Oh, I love that. So that's so amazing. I didn't even know that that was a huge part of your practice. How, how do nurses find you? I got to go look in my, look myself. (laughs) Since I thought breathing was so lame. (laughs) We're going to change it on We're going to change that story. Uh, Uh, How do they find you? Yeah. So if they want to connect with me, they can just find me on Instagram. I'm nurse coach Bri. Um, If they send me a DM just saying guest, please, I will get them scheduled um, to come check it out. I allow a guest to come every week and just see what we're about. No strings attached. Just have an experience as to what the nurses are doing every week. And we go from there. But really, I just want as many nurses as possible to experience a space of connecting with themselves, but also being part of a community. Um, I think that's a huge gap in the nursing world, the lack of community and support. And so much I've heard of like, if you're not a nurse, you don't get it. So how can we link arms with the nurses who know it, who get it and be the shifts in healthcare? Love that. That's it, right? We're the ones that are going to change healthcare. (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of communities, uh, we'll show you ours if you show us yours. She just did. I'm going to follow her on Instagram as soon as we get off this. I know. Podcast. I know, but we should also have her do a little ditty in uh, our yeah. Renegade, the Facebook yeah. community. That would be really That cool. would be amazing yeah. if you wanted to pop into our Renegade community and do a little something. I, I yeah. I mean, there's, I think there's so much. We can have you as a special guest star. <gasps> oh, I just thought of something. <laughs> I'll tell you after we hit stop no. and then pretend we're leaving. Okay, but wait, really quick. Bri, you also do one-on-one. So tell us a little bit about that so people know. Yeah, so the one-on-one is really the deeper coaching space where we're going to get to the root of where you naturally learned to prioritize others before yourself. We'll begin creating some realistic self-care, plugging it into what you're already doing. We don't need more time. We don't need an extensive morning, evening, one-hour routine. How can we take care of yourself in, in the things that you're already doing. And then the relationship dynamic, how can we create relationships um, professionally and personally that are going to give back to you? So that is what we do in the deeper one-on-one coaching space, um, really exploring those um, and anything that comes up along the way. Fantastic. That was rich, man. (laughs) 
So good. Oh my gosh. It's just so funny to me that this was where the conversation went because I just, it's, it just seems to be on a lot of nurses' minds right now. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? I mean, I think that's part of what's going on is that nurses are actually starting to get a feel for it, even if they haven't really done the deep dive. There's a sense, I've seen it in these communities and in these forums and stuff. Yeah, it has to start with us. And, you know, that that forum today was, what can nurses do right now? You know, not the not the administration, not the leadership, not the what can they do right now? And I think this conversation is perfect because I think. Yeah, yeah I love that because just like one last <laughs> statement that's coming to mind. For me. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Because I like it's so easy to do that. Like it's the system, it's the administration, it's this bigger picture and I have no control and I'm just somebody else going through the motions. Um, but I, I truly believe the shifts in the system start with the internal shifts of each and every nurse, like taking that personal responsibility. Um, and it can be a hard pill to swallow sometimes, but that's how can we show up if we're going to be in the system rather than blaming it, how can we show up differently? Oh God. I mean, if you believe at all in, you know, so I'm not speaking to anyone who doesn't believe in it, but um, if your external environment is a vibration of your internal environment, then we don't have to go outside and change things. We just have to change what's in here. If everybody took time to change their internal vibration and increase that vibration and vibration for people who aren't familiar with that means like if you care more about yourself then your external environment will be a reflection a reinforcement of that so we're not taking care of ourselves and we're not caring about ourselves so our environment is a manifestation of that vibration of i don't give a shit about myself so when we start in here it's going to change it can't not change it's quantum mechanics but i won't get into that right now Oh, I want to get into it. I know, right? I, 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 it's a, I like what you said, Bright. At first, it's a hard pill to swallow. And then back to what Karen said is that seems true to me too, too. And from my own experience, it's the most fascinating, amazing adventure you will ever take if you just go within. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. yeah. And hold hands with other going within monkeys. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we don't have to do it alone. No, no, we don't. No. Well, I can't, you can't. No, definitely not. Yeah. You'll slip down so good. holes of darkness and despair. <laughs> you don't have friends to pull you out every once in a while. Okay, I'm going to stop talking. <laughs> so we can get off and pretend goodbye. Oh, no. Thanks Wait, so much for having know, us. What are her handles? She Look, said Instagram. Uh, nurse. Is that it? Nurse Coach Bry. So what else? Instagram, Nurse Coach Bry, um, Facebook, Brianna Riley. Um, if you find me on either of those platforms, um, connect with me. Um, say hello. Say the Facebook one again. Brianna Riley. Just my first and last name. And um, yeah, let's stay connected there. If you want to come check out our community for nurses, um, we meet every Tuesday evening, 7 p.m. Eastern. And just send me a message saying, um, guest, please. And we will get you scheduled. And you know what? I, I, we talked about the renegade community and you're already part of it because we had a chat on, on that the other day. So I apologize for not 
connecting that dot, but it was lovely to have your voice on there. <laughs> yeah. I'm yes. happy to be a part of it. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. May this be the first yeah. of many. Awesome. Renegades. <laughs>